Hey there, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Second Take Podcast, where we're about to dive headfirst into the electrifying world of basketball. In this episode, we're shifting our focus to the recent NBA All-Star Weekend. For the slam dunk contest to the three-point shootout, we'll be dissecting all the highlights and lowlights from the star-studded event. But hey, we're not just living in the present. We are also taking a trip down memory lane to revisit some of our favorite moments from the past All-Star weekends, from iconic performances to unforgettable shows. And if that wasn't enough, stick around till the end as we put our thinking caps and brainstorm ideas to potentially elevate the All-Star weekend experience to new heights. So buckle up and get ready for for a slam dunk of an episode. This is the Second Take Podcast, where every play deserves a second look. And Roland, today, I actually wanted to start off by going over one of the better All-Star weekends in our recent memory. What was that for you, and what thoughts did you have on that? Hands down, the 2016 All-Star weekend. What a time to be alive, especially as an NBA fan. Kobe announcing his retirement, 73-9 and season a unanimous MVP, and of course, a bunch of 3-1 comebacks late in the playoffs. But one of the most overlooked aspects that made that NBA season the greatest we've ever had was All-Star Weekend. Maybe the last great All-Star Weekend we've truly had. The 2016 All-Star Game was already going to be a special event for every true Hooper fan. Um, being that this was going to be Kobe Bryant's final appearance, right? But we weren't prepared for what happened throughout the events of the weekend. The excitement of the weekend kicked off with one of the most anticipated celebrity all-star games in NBA history. Kevin Hart, fresh off of back-to-back-to-back-to-back all-star game MVPs, would try his luck as head coach of the game, facing off against Drizzy himself in his hometown, for coaching Team Canada. This game had a total of six former professional basketball players with the likes of Tracy McGrady, Chauncey Billups, and Muggsy Bowes suiting up on opposite sides. Now, Team Canada would ultimately come out on top, defending their home turf, but that was truly just the beginning of the excitement of the weekend. The three-point contest that that season featured both the Splash Brothers in a much-anticipated rematch from the year prior. Steph took home the hardware that that time. And not to be overlooked, other sharpshooters like James Harden, J.J. Redick, and a young Devin Booker would also participate in this event. Truly loaded. Now, the final, of course, came down to a shootout between Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And what we all wanted to see. Clay ended up beating Steph, getting his revenge on the final rack, where he went five for five to beat his MVP teammate at his own game, kind of sparking the debate of who the best shooter in the league is. I mean, we all know Steph, but still, Clay had his moment. And I honestly couldn't have asked for a more entertaining three-point contest myself. Now, we all know that the true highlight of All-Star Weekend is typically the dunk contest. Now, at least it should be that way. The dunk contest up until that point, and ever since, really, has hit a bit of a lull. You know, the one that was actually memorable before this moment was when Nate Robinson jumped over Dwight Howard in 2009. 
you know, put on the kryptonite uniform, all that. But since then, participants were winning the dunk contest more based off of brand promotion rather than actually performing a great dunk. I'm looking at you, Blake Griffin, when you jumped over the car. I wonder how much you got paid to do that. <laughs> anyway, a year prior to this 2016 dunk contest, Zach Levine sparked hope for fans everywhere when he had kind of his coming out party. Nobody really knew who Levine was. He was on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And in 2015, the year prior, he put on a slamathon that displayed his full package, right? He put on the, the Toon Squad jersey, did that behind the back kind of, I don't even know how he did that. But ever since then, he announced that he was going to return to the slam dunk contest here in 2016. So not only was the three-point contest hype because Clay and Steph were participating, the All-Star game was already going to be exciting because Kobe was take the floor for one last time. But the dunk contest finally had a dunker in that was worth watching. And to be honest, we were all excited. Now, what happened in the contest was the best in NBA history. Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon, a head-to-head battle for the ages. Levine with an array of between-the-leg free-throw line dunks. And, of course, Aaron Gordon clearing the mascot. One of the best contests we've ever watched. Levine came out on top, but not without its controversy. And we honestly couldn't have asked for a better highlight to All-Star Weekend. Now, the All-Star Game itself was much like modern-day All-Star Games. Not too notable. However, we did get to see the iconic shot of of Kobe Bryant calling LeBron James ISO one-on-one. And Drizzy just had to step in the frame. All in all, the 2016 All-Star Weekend was one of the greatest All-Star Weekends in NBA history, and the NBA has failed to live up to it ever since. That was easily one of the best All-Star Weekends, and I love that you brought up that picture of LeBron and Kobe, and then you got Drake in the background. Well, I mean, it's actually really in the front, but he's not the focus on the picture, standing up yelling at them so he got that picture but it's kind of become a very iconic picture yeah all in all that was the entire weekend was hype that's the issue is every single event whether it was the celebrity all-star game having kevin hart and drizzy at the top of their at the peak of their fame really Mm -hmm. you know kind of promoting that you had Steph and Clay, the two best shooters in the NBA, going head-to-head in a three-point contest. You had Zach Levine, fresh off of one of the best performances ever in 2015, looking to defend his throne. And then Aaron Gordon went head-to-head against him. There was a bunch of controversy of whether or not Levine should have won that, even though he did a between-the-legs from the free-throw line. I mean, And then, of course, the All-Star game had Kobe Bryant, his last All-Star game in his career. You know, everything was memorable about this weekend. There was not a single lull, uh, and everyone actually cared, and that's the issue. Nowadays, nobody cares, and we haven't cared ever since, so it's unfortunate. I think it also helps a lot that you have big names and stars doing all of the events, right? When you have a couple of G League guys doing an event, even if they're good at what they do, 
since it is the NBA, um, most people don't really care as much as they do when they have that star power, right? So the fact that you have a Zach Levine, who is a superstar at the dunk contest, a rising player in his own, Aaron Gordon, another young rising guy, kind of showed up and did his thing. Like Everyone got excited. It went to a dunk off, and they were just going off the top of their head with stuff they hadn't even even planned. I think that was a big thing about that contest too, is they were just being creative on the fly and just doing whatever happened in that moment. Now that was the best dunk contest ever. I don't care if you're an old head listening to this, talking about MJ and Wilkins and all those old dunk contests. They were pulling stuff out that professional dunkers practice, right? And that's the thing. We were spoiled, and that's what we're going to expect from here on out because every time you see a dunk performed previously, you need to add some sort of flavor in order to get the same result, right? If Levine just dunked it from the free throw line like Jordan, he wouldn't have won that contest. But the game-winning dunk was a between-the-legs from the free throw line, right? The fact that they had to go to a dunk-off, Aaron Gordon probably having the best dunk in, in contest history and not even winning, jumping over the mascot, which was also on one of those... Oh, I can't even remember the name. The hoverboard. Oh, yeah. Spinning. The mascot was spinning with the ball in his hand like this. Gordon cleared him. His entire butt was above his head. Snatched it. Ball underneath. So the, not only was he over the mascot, but the ball also had to go underneath his butt and then cock that and banged it. So not only did we have the best dunk contest, we had the most hype celebrity all-star game. I know... Not a lot of people care about that, but hey, it's an event for a reason. And then you had the Splash Brothers go head-to-head in the finals of a three-point contest. I mean, what, what could you have asked for more out of the all-star events? I mean, truly iconic. And unfortunately, we don't have that kind of desire to make the events special anymore on part of the players. Because everyone showed out for this. And maybe Kobe had something to do with it. Who knows? But... It truly was special. The whole season was special. Oh, yeah. And I mean, speaking of, you know, having high expectations, as you mentioned, ever since then, things really haven't been the same with the All-Star Weekend. And that was a big part of today. We do want to talk a little bit about the weekend and what it has become. And so I want to start off with some of the good things, because not everything, not everything about All-Star was bad. And we'll you had good have things? a lot to talk about. I had good things. I had some small good things. I had zero good things. Zero good things. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, my first good thing is I like the format of the Rising Stars game. Uh, you know, do you split the players into four teams? They have G League players for one of the team. You know, some guys about to get drafted, some guys two way players. Um, first game, first game, you played a 40 in the winner's advance. Second game, you played a 25. And that is the winning team. The G League, the G League actually tried really hard, and they made it to the title game. You know, they upset Wemby's team and all those guys. Uh, but my biggest thing with this format is I felt like the players tried harder than normal. I think they did it last year too. This format, but as compared to previous Rising Stars games or even All Star games, I felt like this brought forth the most effort. Looking at eighty percent, even up to one hundred percent at times. 
And I think that could be definitely something that the NBA looks at moving forward. Um, and then let's see. The other thing that I really liked about the weekend was the three-point contest. I feel like it was the whole highlight of the weekend, including the All-Star game. Everyone got 20 or higher. Four guys tied with 26 in the first round. Went to a shootout to go to the final. The finals came down to the last shot. You know, the NBA was smart and put a bunch of stars in there who can actually shoot. Um, so no Draymond Greens or nothing crazy like that in that contest. And after they had Sabrina and Steph shoot, Steph had the best score of the night. Sabrina still did pretty good. Um, but honestly, that's where my list ends. My list of good things. Well, the three-point contest, as long as we get the shooters to participate, will never really disappoint. There was a a time kind of closer to the 2016 All-Star Weekend when not the best of shooters were actually participating. Like if Draymond's in there, is it really a three-point contest? Not really. But the All-Star Game has turned into the highlight of the weekend, which is kind of unfortunate because it was at most, it should be like a 1B. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be what we tune into. It should be something that we're excited about, but kind of as an appetizer to the main course. But now it's become the main course. We can't be eating meatballs for the main course. You know what I mean? That's the real problem with All-Star Weekend. But I didn't have any highlights. You know, the three-point contest is entertaining. And hopefully... The Rising Stars Challenge kind of sparks maybe a discussion of how to change the format for the All-Star game. But it all just came down to the fact that the G League team actually cared about winning. They wanted to get recognized, and that's why they tried hard. Whereas the All-Stars, you know, the cream of the crop of the NBA, treat this weekend like a vacation, or even worse, like a chore. A lot of them don't want to be there. And it shows. I I 100% agree with you that most guys treat it as a chore, like just a step further, because if you notice, it feels like every year people are like, oh, the All-Star game is where? And they're like upset about it as if there are only three cities where you can actually have fun in this world. But it is kind of funny that they do treat it like a chore. And that was the biggest disappointment, I think, is that it just feels like they don't care like at all. Like, zero care. Like, people like to be named All-Stars. They think that's cool. But then when it comes around to the game, it's like, eh, doesn't matter at all. Like, honestly, I don't even think we as fans expect them to go out and try their hardest like it's a playoff game. Or probably don't even really expect it to be on par with a regular season game. But it feels like instead of maybe an 80% effort, we're getting, like, down to that, that 20% mark, which is honestly, it gets pretty frustrating because it's just like, why am I watching this? Like, what's the point of just kind of watching them go through layup lines? There is no point. I mean, we summed it up. The All-Star game has become a chore for the All-Stars. It's like doing dirty laundry. You just got to do it so you can get on to the next thing. So, it's unfortunate. Um... Do you have any kind of solutions or thoughts on fixing it? Yeah, the only thing I can think of is something that I already brought up. I think the Rising Stars format, doing something similar to that, at least trying it, 
you know, I'm not here. I can't guarantee you that it'll work. But if you can take the 24 players, split them up into six teams, right? So they all play. Everyone will see them equally. Do a semifinal tournament where they go to 40 or 50 points, kind of like the Rising Stars did. Um, it's just that one target score. So guys are playing, but they're not playing as long as they'd have to play in the All-Star game. Um doing something like that. And then the finals, I'd put the score higher than 25 just so you can see them play a little bit longer still. But I just think they'd be more motivated to try if they didn't have to play for as long, right? If it was almost like a a short, like even kind of pickup game kind of thing. Because even if the NBA players showed up and played like they play in pickup, it would be better than this. Exactly. There are pickup runs that are more entertaining to watch on YouTube, you know, Rico Hines runs. You can look it up right now and that'd be a better representation of an all-star game than what the heck we get to watch every freaking Valentine's weekend. (laughs) But I mean, let's be honest here. We've seen little gimmicks kind of help like drafting players instead of having them play for their respective conference, going back to playing for their respective conference instead of drafting players um commemorating players who have passed away right that 2020 all-star game right before covid was actually eventful they tried because they were honoring kobe and and gigi right so as long as lebron and Giannis and the this the mega stars are actually caring the rest will follow right it yeah it's so funny. we've seen little gimmicks like that work before. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I feel like, so today the East and the West played, and the East won by like 20 or something like that. The West had a bunch of the older players who had been in the league for a while, and the East had a bunch of the younger guys who were the up-and-coming players, and they actually ended up winning by 20, which we know in this type of game, if you just try a little bit harder, you're going to end up winning. So... You know, I just think it's kind of funny that the older guys cared even less. So it's like the more they go there, the less and the less they kind of care. Like you say, just kind of trying to fast forward and get those couple remaining days of the All-Star break. I mean, do you think changing the time of the All-Star game would affect things? Or do you think it would just kind of be like this anyway? No, I don't think so. Unfortunately, the one thing that I've seen from this season that can help incentivize players is money. Mm-hmm. Right? We saw it with the in-season tournament in which we all kind of thought might not really work. Might have thought it was like a gimmick. But, you know, if LeBron cared about winning that extra 500 Gs, he went out and won that extra 500 Gs. Uh, so giving each member of the winning team maybe a cash prize, I don't know if they do that already, Um to sort of improve the quality of play during the actual all-star game. But unfortunately that is what most of the NBA is going to come down to with each player being worth so much to their team and franchise. It's difficult to kind of ask these players and the owners to be comfortable with them going all out for a, an exhibition game like this. That doesn't really count towards anything and risking injury, but nevertheless, even with an increased kind of monetary incentive on the line eventually the game would probably just return back to being an unwatchable mess right it's just another gimmick you know that's my opinion i don't really know if there's a fix yeah but every so often a gimmick or a player passes away that 
the players actually care about and they try hard. But other than that, dude, it's been unwatchable really since 2010. You know, I mean, when, yeah, I don't know. I, think I haven't watched a lot of all-star games. We've that seen were actually good. Yeah. We've seen the, uh, the pro bowl and the NFL kind of go ahead and disappear. And, you know, maybe that's the NF- the NBA solution. Maybe you just don't play the All-Star game. The only problem with that is I think the N- the NBA likes the money that they get from that and that they're just going to keep doing that because it has to be such a big advertising weekend. Um, you know, because obviously all these teams or all these cities still put in bids to host the All-Star game. So even if the product doesn't necessarily wow people it still brings in a lot of money to that city due to all these like advertising things and it just kind of feels like we might just go ahead and keep getting this crappy product over and over and over again yeah we we can't blame the players or really the nba we have to look inwards and we need to decide to boycott this thing if we really want to change Right, if we're gonna have the casual fan go and pay thousands of dollars to attend an all-star game and an all-star event, then of course the NBA is gonna keep doing it. If they're gonna get ratings on the TV, of course they're gonna keep doing it. So if we as fans really want this thing to change for the better, the all-star weekend to actually be good again, it's sim- it's as simple as not watching. I I think that's a good point because every year we expect it to change, right? Even Adam Silver said this year they're going to try harder. They're going to play harder. Guess what? It's basically the same as it always is. And, you know, I no longer have faith or belief that whenever someone tells me it's going to be better, that's actually going to be better. And so, I mean, to your point, I don't even think the broadcast, at least on Saturday, was good because, I mean— yeah, Rising Star or not after Rising Stars, that was a pretty solid event. NBA did well for you know whatever, but it's not the highlight and it shouldn't be. Uh, the Skills Challenge was trash because nobody but the Indianapolis team tried, and they were the home team, and you know players were dribbling off their foot, um, going the wrong direction. It was just the Skills Challenge was too skilled for the players. Shooting what essentially happened. Half court. <laughs> shooting with their left hand stupid yeah so you know a lot there was happening three-point contest pretty good but freaking kenny smith i thought you know he's been with tnt a long time that man entertaining post game he was doing so bad in that game i just felt like he's always out here trying to recreate his viral vince carter dunk moment again he even at one point compared the dunk contest he's like ah this is nothing like when Vince Carter made the whole house stand up. Like he's still bringing that up, clearly trying to, you know, make that moment again. And he just comes off as like a big douche. It's like his personality completely changed during the broadcast, you know, trashing Sabrina for no reason, even though she's shot at 26, which is still good being like, Oh, you know, why'd she move back? She needs to shoot from the WNBA line or didn't he shoot with the same ball? Like, you know, whatever, you know, um, but I just thought he was really annoying too. So even that made it just made it that much worse. Like if they had at least good broadcasting, it would be better. But th- this this might have been the year that just kind of kind of broke the weekend, at least for me. 
It's been broken, my guy. It's been well, it broken has been, for two, but... three years. Uh, at least in my opinion. I mean, it's been broken for longer than that. There's been glimpses. Yeah. 2020 weekend was exciting. Uh, again, commemorating Kobe Bryant. 2016 was exciting. Kobe Bryant's last, you know, I guess go around in the All Star game. Is it all just revolve around Kobe? Do we well, need to bring Kobe mean, back from the uh, dead? We need LeBron James to go on a retirement tour so that they make the All Star weekend all yes. about Bron. And then it's maybe sad. it's cool. It's so sad. My thing is, is would you be more in favor of trying to continue to fix what's already been broken, or completely get rid of it? And maybe add something different. Um, for me, I'm in favor of fixing it in the short term. Because um, I do actually think that the Saturday night is a lot more fixable than the All-Star game. All-Star game is a little bit more difficult. But for example, on Saturday night, I think a one-on-one tournament would be really cool. Where they have a dribble limit. Um, just so it's more legit of a one-on-one and it doesn't turn into a crapshoot. Um uh, and make it, you know, so players don't have to worry about the extra hustle. Like, it's all about the shooting. Rebounds don't matter, right? If you miss the shot, other person gets the ball kind of deal. I feel like par- players would be a lot more enticed to try in that situation with, as you mentioned, a cash prize for winning. Um, you know, could you just imagine back in the day having a Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, J.R. Smith, Jordan Clarkson going one-on-one, or even good play, like superstars, like if KD wants to play, like, can anyone actually stop them kind of deal? I think that would be cool. But if something like that doesn't work, you know, I'd say get rid of the dunk contest, maybe even the skills challenge. If something like that doesn't work, then I say it all just has to go. I agree, man. I think their last shot at this is to completely get rid of the skills challenge because it's turned into a complete joke, like you said. Switch it for a one-on-one tournament and hand pick the players and say, Hey, this is how much is on the line. If you participate and win, this is how much you can get. Right. You shout out to Kevin Durant or you shout out to bucket getters. Or like maybe you do it by position and say, okay, Kyrie and Steph, if you go play one-on-one, yeah, the winner of that game doesn't have to be a tournament. It's just a one-on-one. It's, I know it's kind of irrelevant to them in their eyes, but Mm -hmm. you you tell that to Braun. Say, hey, if you beat KD in a one-on-one game, you'll win $100,000. He'd probably sign up for that. Yeah. Because he was all about the 500 Gs for the end-season tournament. Mm -hmm. So I think handpicking your matchups there with the one-on-one tournament, reaching out to the players and saying, hey, you're going to face up against this guy. It's a three dribble limit or whatever you want to do. And if you win, you get this right now. The only downside I see to that is a lot of players might turn that down because they might be ducking certain guys, right? It's, it takes a certain person to not, you know, care about getting embarrassed in a one-on-one scenario in front of all those people. But on TV, I do think a one-on-one tournament probably will end up happening in the near future. Will you get any interest from the stars? I don't know. But that's how you're going to have to go about it. You know, if you're Adam Silver, you hit up, hey, 
We're going to have three one-on-one games. Your hand selected. We want you to face off against this guy. I uh, I don't know if you've seen these videos before, but I remember seeing videos from past Team USA teams, and it's just them playing one-on-one in practice against other stars. And honestly, yep. those are pretty entertaining. So if we got something like that, I think that'd be really cool. Even if you're rotating the players and you do a king of the court type thing, I also think it'd bring a lot more awareness to the like to the NBA in terms of basketball moves and dribble moves that people actually use. So it could also be a, a good thing the NBA uses to just educate people more about basketball um, because it highlights the moves that these players are using. Um, but honestly, if they still can't even get that to work, I say you just cut the program and pull the plug and they'd have to find something else where you involve your star players and the fans like that. But, you know, until they start losing money on it, I don't think they're going to stop. That's the thing. It's up to us as fans to boycott with our dollars. Yeah. If we want this thing to change. I love that idea for the one-on-one tournament. Maybe have it be a cutthroat kind of king of the court style like you were mentioning with the team usa because those those videos are fun to watch Mm -hmm. it's fun to see kyrie irving square up against paul george take him two dribbles pump fake hezzy fade you know because they're but it all comes down to the fact that they actually care in those moments yeah exactly how do you get them to want to care it's it's almost not forced Mm -hmm. right those are after practice sessions where the guys are just like all right let's get some runs in right yeah exactly there's not a coach telling them to do this. There's not a, a commissioner telling them, hey, you need to do this, right? Yeah. And that's what? probably why the All-Star game has turned more into a chore yeah. rather than a delight. Or it used to be an achievement. It used to be exciting, um, right? When Kobe got, played in his first one against Jordan, they all cared, right? Mm-hmm. If you asked all of the stars' first All-Star game, they actually cared, then 10 All-Star games later, they're like, what am I even doing here? And that's the sad <laughs> yeah. part. Is it's, it's an obligation now. It's too bad we can't get a live camera in on those uh, pickup runs, at least in the summer. Like, Imagine if the NBA found a way to do some kind of summer series where they could just play those pickup runs and maybe replace that as like a version of All-Star. I just think my thing I see with that is players knowing that they're on national TV just changes things. Um, but I don't I don't know if the NBA could actually get players to play a real legit pickup game on live TV and like on like team versus team scenario where you can actually get a group of stars together or just a bunch of different guys. It's tough because again it goes back to what we've been saying. It's forced. It's unnatural. Mm-hmm. Right. When I go play pickup, it's a lot of fun because there's no kind of there's structure, but there's very little of it. It's what mm-hmm. poopers call playing the game to play the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just you go out there, you play free. There's no set you need to run. You know, you come up with stuff on the fly rather than after watching film and prepping for days and practices and stuff you just go out there you work on the stuff that you want to work on as an individual 
and you get out of there. And that's why those runs are so entertaining to watch. And that's why playing basketball is so fun to do, right? Because there's no real limit in what you can do in these pickup games. Whereas in a game, if you go out there and you do a one-legged three-pointer from 30 foot as a heat check to win the game, you know, it's a bad shot. Whereas you hit that in a pickup game and everyone is just like, what the hell happened? (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's tough. It's unfortunate that the star players in the league have treated what the accomplishment of being an all-star means in such a haphazard manner because there are players that would be more than happy to go out there and play hard and love being recognized as an all-star that gets snubbed. You know, you ask De'Aaron Fox, would you like to be an all-star? Ten times out of ten, he'd, he'd say yes, right? You ask these younger players, but the real true stars that get the ratings don't care anymore. You brought up something that I think might be the issue because you mentioned a lot of those times, you know, people always talk about their closed door runs, right? We're all used to when we do play or participate in any sport, really, we as normal people aren't used to having like cameras on us and stuff. Do you think it is having the camera on these guys like during the dunk contest and if they were to do some type of one-on-one or something like that, that just changes everything. The fact that you have all these people watching just because maybe it can be a little forced or it's not something you're doing because you thought it'd be fun. Um, Do you think maybe that might be the real obstacle here? I don't think it's the fact um, that there are cameras because there are cameras everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we can watch these runs on YouTube and they're, Nine times out of ten, they're aware that they're being filmed in those Rico Hines runs and the Team USA practices, right? Mm-hmm. I do think it's more so the second part of your take, where it's be, it's because they've been asked to do it. It's not for fun anymore, right? And that's in large part what the regular season is to these players in general. It's not just the All Star Game; it's only amplified. But the regular season in general has become more of a slog. It's it's a chore. Okay, we got to do just enough to get into the postseason or position you know, themselves for the postseason. Some players are playing for certain contracts, right? But a prime example of this is Chris Anderson. No, not Birdman. Chandler not Parsons. Birdman. Chandler ah, Parsons. Okay, okay, That's okay. who I was thinking about. Right? He gets the back. And what happened? He disappeared. He stopped caring because he got paid, right? So that's the unfortunate truth of this is it is a business. It's no longer just for fun. Uh, And that's why there's a big difference in watching an NBA game and a college game or even, you know, a high school game, even though. A lot of high school games nowadays has just turned into and one mixtapes. Um, but yeah, you got to be able to inject fun and a more natural sense of initiative on part of the players 
Like they want to be there. And I don't know how yeah. to do that. I don't know how to do I, that. I don't think it's something you can really naturally create. Because uh, I also think All-Star Weekend is really at a bad time. Because it's a time of the year when everyone's starting to get tired. It is starting to drag a little bit after the excitement of the early season. Uh, the excitement of Christmas. The excitement of the new year. And it's all just kind of starting to drag now. Right? You, you're like 50 games into the season. You're getting close to the finish line. And then you have this break coming up. And keep in mind, this break is so important to some guys that the night after their last game, they're out and they fly out to their vacation the night of, right? So I think a lot of these guys having time off and then having to show up to these events instead of having that extra you know, time in that break that they were probably really hoping to get, I think that also really does affect things um because for example if it was if they did an all-star game at the start of the year from the guys from the previous year or whatever just hypothetically i think there'd be a lot more energy than there is kind of at this point in the season when guys are just tired and want that break i think that's in large part why they did the in-season tournament earlier in the year right your point's correct they're they're tired they're beaten up some people are dealing with nagging injuries and it's kind of right in the middle of the season whereas mm-hmm. most all-star games are after the season right in high school they have an all-star game that's after the state tournament in college the senior bowl or whatever is after the season's over right so I don't know if that would actually help. It may not, you know, do anything. It may make it worse. But I, there may be some sort of method to the madness of having the Pro Bowl, you know, right before the finals. Even though the Pro Bowl's <laughs> turned to crap, too. Yeah, they got rid of so it, so it's everything's like not crap. even a thing. Let's be honest. <laughs> everything's crap. So, I don't know. There's... There are smarter people than me working on this, and they still haven't figured it out. I mean, I guess the one good thing that we have is after this little basketball break we get, we get to look forward to the playoffs and actually start evaluating teams in terms of what we think they can actually be in the playoffs and whether they're good and they're bad things. Um, Do you have anything else about the upcoming season or your thoughts on just All-Star Weekend? No more thoughts on All-Star Weekend. I think I made it clear. But as far as the upcoming season is concerned, teams to look out for, I know the Lakers and the Warriors. I know. Hear me out. Wow. They've played really well as of late. Don't let them sneak in and play one of those inexperienced teams like the Thunder or the Timberwolves, because the same thing that happened last year could happen again. A first-round upset. So if you're Minnesota, if you're, if you're the Thunder, you don't want to play an experienced team like the Warriors or the Lakers in the first round, even though both those teams are better. Thunder and the, Warrior, the, the Timberwolves are better. But... You don't want to be the Sacramento Kings or the Memphis Grizzlies of this this postseason. 
So I keep my eye out on those two teams, especially because Steph has gone bazooka mode ever since, I mean, the past six, seven games. And the Lakers have played really well as well. So down the stretch, those are the two teams to watch. Those are always the teams to watch because they get the ratings, right? Um, but those are the storylines heading into the postseason. Yeah, they also really care a lot, getting really desperate, and that definitely leads leads to wins when you're more desperate, when you're trying to win now, compared to the team that may or may not be trying to lose or teams that may have feel like they've already hit their peak. These teams got stars who have done it before, and they'll be looking to do it again for sure. It'll just be interesting. I mean, we, we touched on this last podcast, but the the jostling for positioning in the West, right? The Suns trying to avoid are they? They're going to get the Clippers or the freaking Nuggets in the first round. Yo. you know what I mean. If you're the Thunder and you've played fantastic all year, and your your gift is you got to play LeBron and AD in the first round of the playoffs. You know, and the Timberwolves, if you got to face off against Steph Curry, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And I cannot wait for, you know, two months from now when the the playoffs actually get to start. Yeah, the West is absolutely loaded with teams um, all the way through the plane that are actually capable of winning series, it feels like. Um, Feels like everyone actually has a chance to win the series in the West, like one through ten with the right matchups. So I just think that will be probably the the highlight of the whole season will just be that Western conference playoff bracket is going to be awesome. Truly will be excited to see it. Excited to see how it turns out. Mm-hmm. What will happen. Okay. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the second take podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the NBA all-star weekend looking at some highlights from the past and thinking of ways to hopefully make All-Star better. And if not, maybe just get rid of it. But before you go, remember to catch us on YouTube for video content. And don't forget to subscribe to our Spotify channel to never miss an episode of the Second Take Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you're shooting hoops on the court or cheering from the sidelines, we appreciate your support. Until next time.